Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Konnichiwa, everybody, and welcome to Talking Anime, the hashtag best worst anime podcast round. Hit the theme music! <clears throat> everybody and welcome back to talking anime i am your host mitch and i am joined by the other host of the show hey guys it's sky and we are not alone today we have the amazing fantastic awesome tremendous god downright sexy man beast <laughs> our first <laughs> official sponsor of the show Mellow from, uh, well, the Discord, everywhere else, but he, the most important thing everyone needs to know is he is the otaku supporter on our Patreon channel, and this episode is his pick. So, welcome, Mellow. Hi. So, Mellow. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to have you. Yeah, it's Uh, amazing to have you on. Thank you. Um, the first things first, Mello, what got you into anime? Um, I think, I think when I was in like, uh, grade five and I first watched Death Note and, uh, and then I just searched up what Death Note was and then I was like, oh, this is an anime. And then I just watched more anime after that. Man, Death Note, honestly, man, that is... I don't know. Do you, do you guys think that Death Note is a little extreme to be a first anime, or do you think it is perfect to be like the first anime people should check out? Uh, it's hard to say. Everyone's taste is going to be different, but I think Death Note is fantastic enough that it, it's easy for people to want to know like more stuff that's like it after watching it. So, like, I mean, Attack on Titan is a lot of people's for first anime like it's so mainstream that so many people watch that as their first and yeah it's it's pretty extreme like episode one's got some gruesome moments but i think if it's told well enough like storytelling wise and is intriguing enough anything can be a first anime especially if it's good Mm. mellow your thoughts on that do you think it uh you you think it makes a really good uh first anime 
I, I never th- I yeah. never thought about it because because really the um, the whole subject matter of it is it's pretty dark if you really think about it and I, I mean you might as well get Death Note out of the way because it is like a bucket list anime that people should be watching if they haven't watched it and I think that actually yeah. might be a really interesting topic for a future episode is maybe doing a bucket list uh, anime you should watch uh, you know that could actually be a pretty good episode anything could be an episode if you put your mind to it I, <laughs> I mean yeah we could completely <laughs> just do a hentai episode if we really wanted to I mean mm. I did it so we could do it again <laughs> <laughs> we could yeah um, that's definitely a possibility <laughs> mm. so uh, Mello what is your favorite yes. anime of all time uh, this is a hard question. Um, uh, I have like uh, a favorite manga, but I'm not so sure about my favorite anime. Okay, uh, what's your uh, favorite manga? Uh, it used to be One Piece for the longest time. Uh, but no way, it it's is... not One Piece. No, it's not One Piece, bro. <laughs> what is it? Bro. Uh, but now it is Vinland Saga. Oh, that gotta, makes sense. I gotta check out Vinland Saga. It's on there. I am like officially starting to get into reading manga right now again. So this is really cool. So I I really need Ooh. like suggestions to manga to read because I mean I used to read Shonen Jump when it used to come out, um, and then I was reading One Punch Man for a little bit. Um, the only thing I actually really finished was there was this really weird Dragon Ball Z manga that came out and it was basically a guy dies and gets reincarnated as Yamcha and it's like four chapters it's like four chapters of an uh, of a manga and it literally goes through the Dragon Ball uh, uh, Dragon Ball when Yamcha's introduced and it cuts out like parts of it and everything else then it does um, the Saiyan arc then it does the um, Android arc and then it does the Cell games and it's just it's really weird because this guy's like a super Dragon Ball fan too so he knows everything that goes on so he like you know, fast tracks like everything really quick as Yamcha, and like he goes to Namek and gets trained or gets powered up by uh, Ka- or like Kami and everything else. It's just, it's just not Kami, sorry, Guru. So it was, it's a really interesting uh, manga. I'll try and get the name of it. That sounds like the worst fan fiction of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Yamcha fan fiction no one ever asked for. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Yamcha is so, that little, that small little guy, right? Yeah, no, Yamcha is like uh, the yeah, bro, bro, wolf thang fist. You know, is he big or is he small? I thought he was no, the I, the small little thing. No, he was he was um one of the guys from Dragon Ball that grew up with Goku and got trained with them. So Hold on, I'm gonna look up a picture. I want to see what he looks like. Keep going. So. The anime or the manga is literally called Dragon Ball. That time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. 
Is it official? Who wrote yes, it? It's it's a Shonen Jump. It ran for uh, just a couple chapters. It was literally one volume. But <laughs> Who's the author? Hilarious. Um, Is it Akira Toriyama? There's no way. Uh, authored by Dragon uh, Ga- or Garao Lee. <laughs> it's it's just really thought weird. you were about to say like Dragon Ball sixty nine from Discord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, so no. I, so I just looked up Yamcha. He literally just looks like Goku. <laughs> yeah, and um, that yeah, no, because I came across that because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna read some manga at work, so I need something short that I can read. So I read Burn the Witch um, when Burn the Witch was like coming out as a manga. Um, I read all the way through that, and then I read through this, the time I got reincarnated as Yamcha, and I'm like, this is fantastic. And yeah, those are like the two mangas that I've completed all the way through. And, uh, you know, love, love, love some manga in my life now. And I will review a manga later in the episode that I am currently reading. But first things first, guys, what has everybody been watching? Uh, Mello, if you want to go ahead and start us off with what you've been watching this week, go right ahead. Um, not really watching, but I read some My Hero Academia. Uh, from the read... beginning? Uh, no. Like, right where I left off in season four. Um, and I read JoJo's part one. And, uh... And it got caught up with the usual One Piece. Nice. Yeah, what, One Piece is definitely on my list of manga that I want to read, but I don't know if I want to read the manga first or try and get caught up on the anime first. Uh, I probably want to go manga. I if you can. Yeah, d- that's the thing, if I can actually do it, because they're like a thousand plus chapters now. So. Uh-huh. It's a yeah, lot yeah. of reading. <laughs> so yeah, Sky, what have you been watching? Okay, so I watched through a show called Sirius the Jaeger. So, so okay, so here's the thing, right? I kind of have hit a rut <laughs> recently where for like a couple days I just couldn't find a- anything that I wanted to watch. I tried a couple shows and just like dropped after the first episode or two and I was just like not feeling it you know and because whenever I get like that it's really difficult for me to find something that I actually enjoy watching so I was like you know what I'm just gonna go on Netflix and I'm gonna pick one of the handful of shows that I know of but know nothing about so that I don't have like a preconception of what's it what it's gonna be so I went and there's this show called Sirius the Jaeger and I was like I've heard of it and I knew nothing I couldn't remember anything about what it actually was so I decided to start it and it's really strange because I hate vampires and I hate military shows so and it's a big focus on it focus on it is both vampires as like the main antagonists of the story and the military play a pretty big role in it as well and I still ended up really enjoying it it was a it was a very it was a very fun watch. I ended up giving it an 8 out of 10. Um, it is a PA Works original from 2018. And honestly, PA Works has is slowly making it up to being one of my favorite studios of all time. Their originals 
almost always hit it out of the park with me, even if they don't stick the landing. Um, and their character designs are almost always fantastic. So I, I really enjoyed Sirius the Jaeger. If you have any interest in a vampire-ish focused show with some... Oh, the, the uh, action, the choreography of the fights is so well done. So if you, if you like some stellar looking fights with dope characters, uh, and you aren't completely turned off by vampires and military, I'd say give it a shot. It was a, it was a fun watch for sure. So is that all you watched, uh, this week? Um, well, just this morning I started, I watched the first three episodes of a show called be the beginning, which is another Netflix original. And so far, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> um, it's it's not horrible. My best, the best way that I describe it so far is that it's a uh, psychopath on crack. <laughs> That's oh, okay. how it feels. Okay, yeah, I saw that post <laughs> on Discord that you called it that. I'm like, okay, I've never seen psychopaths. I've heard about it from like watching the Watch Mojo videos and stuff like that. So. Uh, it sounds interesting. I'll probably check it out. Yeah, be the beginning. It, it, it's it's a little it's a little bit whack. I don't hate it, but I'm I'm three episodes in, and I'm gonna try to finish it. I know I don't finish most stuff, but uh, I'm gonna try to try to get all the way through. Right now, I would probably give it a five out of ten. Three episodes in, so take that as you will. Um, I do have a bit of selective taste. Um. Yeah, um, other than that, I actually did... I, I, I watched a little bit of... Okay, so there is this Pokemon short series called Pokemon Twilight Wings, which is a series of seven shorts on YouTube made by... Po- the You know, the official Pokemon YouTube channel posted them. It's seven shorts. The episodes are about six or seven minutes each, and each focus on just... A, a different, you know, uh, there's a couple are focused on gym leaders, and one is focused on the champion's uh, little brother. You know, they're just focused on little, just mini short stories in the Pokemon universe in the Galar region, which is the newest region in the Pokemon universe. And the only tie that really ties them together is uh, there's this big Pokemon, I'm not sure what it's called, Corviknight, I think, where it, it's, it's a really cool looking, like, bird almost thing that flies around. And there's apparently in the Pokemon universe, according to Twilight Wings, there is a taxi service, which is a Corviknight taxi service where um, the big bird flies a like a little cab around as a service to take people places. And that's the tie between it all. It's this one taxi driver and his Corviknight. And he just kind of ferries people around in the different uh, episodes throughout the uh, short series. And I quite enjoyed it. The... The animation is absolutely stunning uh, throughout the whole thing, and it's really easy to watch because it's sh- like seven episodes of like six, seven minutes each. So I enjoyed it, and it's different. It's not a series that's focused on Ash and Pikachu, so I quite enjoyed that as well. Yeah, that that's the nice thing I find. Um, I always find that the Pokemon when it's the Pokemon shows when they're not not heavily featured Ash in it to be you know kind of refreshing. Just because I think it's just I've had that Ash burnout on Pokemon because I've been <laughs> watching Pokemon since, oh, geez, like when it was coming out, like in North America and stuff like that. So I kind of I get like a burnout of it. So it's nice to watch things that he's not involved in. So I've been wanting to check this series out 
but it just I had no idea it was on YouTube, so I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, that's the place where you find it. It's uh, the official Pokemon YouTube channel posted it. So that's where all the episodes are. Mm, interesting. Ah, jeez. Um, so since uh, last week we did our solo episodes, um, I have been grinding super freaking hard on uh, all the anime I've been watching. <laughs> so you can follow um, our show on Instagram. So on Instagram, I've been posting, um, whenever I finish a show, I post on Instagram, I give it like a little bit of a rating, uh, like my reasoning behind the rating. And so I went through, um, my first girlfriend is a gal. I sat and watched all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that show is so hard to sit through. Oh my word. But but Sky, you don't want to sit there and listen to a girl talk like, oh my god, Sky! Sky! <laughs> Sky! You don't want to hear that the entire time you're watching the show, it's just Sky! Sky! Well, first of all, I, I, I absolutely... <laughs> I have a big distaste for the gal stereotype. <laughs> mm, I am not a fan, and oh my goodness, that show is so horny. Oh. My, my wife was like... <laughs> Why is it called My First Girlfriend is a Gal? I'm like, babe, that's what you call the the chicks who talk like that. And my wife's like, oh, so, like, girly girls. I'm like, eh, close enough. <laughs> the girls that are usually uh, in anime are often the ones that are the bully characters for, like, yeah. <laughs> for the for the innocent shy girl. <laughs> usually those are the, are, are, are gals. The gals. <laughs> the gals. So, yeah, I think I gave that, like, a six- I, I didn't give it. I didn't rate it super high because I'm like, eh, it's you know your stereotypical romance anime, and I, I mainly just Six watched is still it. Still too high. I, I just watched it just so I have more romance animes to talk about when we eventually get around to watching or talking about romance anime together instead of Sky's solo episode. I Sky, I, I got you. Have to answer oh. <laughs> to your issues now before I continue with the shows I watched. I need to fucking know, Sky. What the fuck is with, oh, my perfect waifu has a fake eye, a fake arm, and a fake leg. No, just a fake eye and a fake leg. Sorry. First of all, I was dying. I was laughing so hard listening to your solo episode when you were going off about that. It was so funny. Uh. (laughs) I'm just... You've got to explain this because I want to know what the fuck is the appeal to a fake eye and a fake leg. So... So how I decided I to go about to making my making my perfect waifu, I I wanted to be a little bit strange about it. So I just picked the most obvious random elements about like from my top five uh, girls, and I'm gonna have to explain a little bit of the lore of a show that I watched last year that came out last year called Inspector. Um, so Inspector, the main female from that show, is my second top waifu of all time. Kotoko Iwanaga, I believe is her name. And so this, a bit of the lore from the show. Uh, that show has a big focus on yokai. And she, when she was little, she was sitting on a bench. And then she was like whisked, a bit, whisked away by some like uh, powerful yokai or whatever to make her be become like the, it was like the princess or goddess of the yokai or something along those lines. And in order to do that, they needed to... It was it was kind of like a trade off, right? Where they like took her took her 
right eye and her left leg. So they just like took him. So all of a sudden she just hadn't, she didn't have a leg or an eyeball anymore. Um, and in, in return for that, she became like this almost, almost like mediator, like, like high powerful source of like authority in the yokai world as someone to be almost a bridge between yokai and humans. Um, and because of that, she no longer has an eye or a leg. So <laughs> that's just whenever I think of her, I absolutely love her. But whenever I think of her, I think of the fact that she, that one of her eyes is fake and one of her legs is fake. I hope that was a good enough explanation for you. <laughs> no, but I'm going to take it anyways. <laughs> what do you mean? No, that's just I just explain. I just explained part of the lore of the series, I just, and that's, I just think that, it's that's really... why. I just find it's really weird that you got just such a hard on for a fake leg and a fake eye. That's all I need. To, that's just. I don't. I, I don't get a hard on for it. I'm just saying <laughs> that in order for for her to be the like the total like combination of them, that has to be included. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I watch. Okay, I, I we'll let this go for now, Sky. But we'll, we'll talk about this more. We're, we might have to put you in through some therapy for this one. We might just have to do the do an episode on the show specifically so you can understand what I'm talking about. All right. So yeah, after I finished um, my girlfriend is a gal, um, I watched uh, the what was it Sky Wizard Academy? I think it was called. I've never even heard of this. Okay, keep going while I look this up. So Sky Sky Wizard Academy is basically uh, a group of or like this three female group is being trained by this other rejected hero and it's just they fight they fight um like insect robots kind of thing and it's all like a it's a fantasy like magic is like the big thing and um it wasn't too bad i think i gave it a seven it was an average fantasy but it wasn't like anything like over the top um you know the story beats were there it's got like it's moments of like dumb edge it okay so the thing about this show is that it, it's on the fan service section of <laughs> Funimation, but the fan service isn't as crazy as some of the things I've watched on that section. Like, the most you get is he accidentally gropes one of the chicks a couple times, and it's just situational, edgy moments. So it's not Accidental really. Accidental, and a couple times. <laughs> Don't really go together. It's it's like he tripped on top of her and he had his hands on her chest kind of thing. Like, the oh. couple times that it's happened. And... Okay, so <laughs> I'm looking at this right now. It looks like the most generic light novel oh, magic school uh, fantasy oh, show of all time. And it, and it is adapted from a light novel. And honestly, all you have to do is take one look at the poster and you instantly know exactly what kind of show this yeah. is and that it's adapted from a light novel. Like, I, I can tell you right now that I can probably honestly guess, like, some of the twists and plot points from this show without even knowing anything about it. <laughs> it's it actually, like I said, it wasn't, like, it wasn't really weird, um, like, you know, most fantasy shows is. Like, it was a lot of, like, uh, the teams are, like, everyone has, like, a, your sniper, your um, support, and then your main, like, tank, I guess you can call it that. 
So three of them have swords. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them has like actually is a sniper rifle that's a sword. So it's it was it's it's not a bad anime. Um, I think I would suggest it to someone who's used to watching okay anime that are into fantasy. So Sky, um, this might be a good show for you to check out and tell me how you feel. It's only like ten episodes. So, what was that? What 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 are you trying to imply with this? I didn't I didn't say anything (laughs) about the fact that you watch generic fantasy shows because I'm just as bad for that too. So, okay, but to be fair, it looks very much like the Asterisk War, and I watched that, and I rated it far too high. I give the Asterisk War a seven out of ten, which is far higher than it deserves. But uh, it looks about exactly the same as that. So I probably would enjoy this more than the average person. So yeah, maybe give it a shot, see if you like it, and then uh, maybe we'll talk about it on the episode or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's like ten episodes. It's not too uh, crazy to follow. And I'm pretty sure it's mainly on Funimation, but you could probably find it on a Crunchyroll or something. Uh, funny, uh, nah, uh, Funimation is the licensor, so if it's anywhere other than Funimation, it would only be on Hulu. Yeah. And Netflix might get it, because Netflix has been getting a lot of Funimation licensed shows recently. Uh, but it, uh, it wouldn't be on Crunchyroll. And, of course, the last thing that I have been watching anime-wise, and I have been thoroughly enjoying is watching Blue Exorcist. I finally got around to watching it. And uh, I gotta say, it is. I'm probably. I gave the first season. It's probably gonna be a solid eight out of ten. And uh, hopefully, gonna be starting the second season very soon. As soon as I'm be done. Be warned. This- there's a. There's some weird thing about Blue Exorcist. Um, I'm pretty sure is like something like the second half of season one diverged from the manga or something like that. So it there, there's like there's like two or three seasons and then there's a couple movies so it's something I'm pretty sure the ending of season one and the beginning of season two will make no sense (laughs) going from one to the other because it's something along the lines of like it diverged from the manga and then season two like like starts from from the point of the manga of where it diverged so there'll be some weird like overlap and stuff that doesn't actually make any sense. I'm not sure exactly where the points intersect, but it will probably be a little confusing because there was something along the lines of that that happened. Yeah, no, I am it's I'm enjoying it enough that I would actually read the manga for it. So that's that's got to be saying something because it's really hard for me to be sold on manga compared to anime. So I I'm definitely going to finish it and then watch all the movies everything else work i i mainly wanted to watch it because again one of my favorite voice actors is in it so i'm like why not so yeah it was like the main reason why i'm watching it so <laughs> yeah blue exorcist is one of those shows that it's uh... got a solid dub cast like everyone who dubs on that has been in like a lot of my favorite animes oh for sure my favorite voice actor is bryce pappenbrook and he is the protagonist uh, I've actually, it's one of those shows that I've seen the first episode of and just didn't go back even though I liked it. <laughs> I did that a lot when I was, uh, after, so I got to, you get to the point when you're first getting into anime, at, at first you'll just watch everything mm. and, and then you'll get to a point where you 
want to only watch like really really good shows after you've seen just a bunch of garbage and a bunch of good stuff mm-hmm. so uh, there was a period that I went through where I just watched the first episode of a bunch of shows all at once and then I would just pick the one that I liked the most and watch that <laughs> so Blue Exorcist got uh, a bit shafted because of <laughs> the way that I went about doing that no like like honestly I think out of like the three show or well technically the four that I watched the past week um, it was, it's between the Blue Exorcist and the show that we're talking about today, um, that I really enjoyed out of the four that I watched. And honestly, like, like I said, it's, it's good enough that I'm going to read like both mangas of the two shows that I really enjoyed out of the four that I watched, because I I won't go back to watching or reading anything that it, my first girlfriend is a gal put at, puts out or I, I probably won't read that and I probably won't read the light or the light novel that came out of um, the Sky Wizard Academy but definitely Blue Exorcist and the show we're talking about today for sure would be getting a manga read out of me and it's because I just enjoyed those shows so very much so guys today we are talking about the 2019 uh, classic, uh, The Promised Neverland. Um, we're talking strictly talking about season one today because season two is, I believe, still re- being released right now. Yeah, it is uh, 5.5 episodes in. <laughs> yes. So we won't be ta- maybe we'll have Mellow back on later and then we'll maybe do a part two to this. Uh, but as of right now, we're talking about season one. So, Sky, I believe we have a few fan questions about The Promised Neverland. We do. You know what that sound is, Sky? <laughs> what, it, what is it, Mitch? That is the lovely sound of coffee. And you want to know what other great coffee uh, we are involved with let me guess it, is 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 it oh the uh, t- is it the tip jar coffee is that what it is yeah yeah so fans of the show who are listening uh if you are like me and enjoy a good cup of coffee just like the one i just finished you can go to the link down below and support talking anime through coffee so how this works is you make a small donation of x amount of dollars and, uh, you know, you support the show in that way. So it's an oversized <laughs> tip jar, but, but you get it, to buy us a fucking coffee and I love it. I'm all hyped up on my fucking third coffee today. Dude, I so, love coffee. I do too. And we want to thank coffee for supporting talking anime. But first, there's another supporter of the show. All right, you know I'm gonna take this one. Uh, is it is oh. it a is it a Patreon? Is it Patreon? Oh my God, yes. Uh, Talking Anime has a Patreon page. Dude, I love Patreon. Us. I do too. This is, is where you can get the fantastic A Man and His Blank, which is my solo show. 
And you know, you know who has access to the Patreon right now? That is Mellow, the oh one God. we currently have on for this episode. But oh my goodness, <laughs> there's a lot you can access on our Patreon. Not only do you have access to the solo episodes that we will be each putting out our own of once a month, but you also get to come on our show if you so choose once a month and pick the topic that we will talk about. Oh my goodness! Uh, but that's only if you join the Patreon at the Otaku rank. So paying that lovely $5 a month to support us, you can come on to the show and be just like Mello, who has been supporting us for about a month or so at the time we're recording these. So cheese Louise, man, this is awesome. And also shout out to James, who is a $1 weeb supporter. That is right. He is one dollar new, new supporter. Fuck yeah! Uh-huh. And of course, uh-huh, you get to hear <laughs> <laughs> you get to hear all of these ad free going forward now because we're doing this separate from everything else. <laughs> Look at that fourth wall break. And uh, yeah, join us for as low as one measly dollar. That is literally. $12 a year that is worth a bunch of coffees unless you go to Starbucks and that's worth like two coffees so support us on Patreon uh, link below and last but not least there is one final sponsor is it anchor.fm oh my god Sky do you like hosting this podcast I love hosting this podcast <sighs> God. Do you love podcasts in general? I love podcasts. Can't get uh, enough. I do too. I, it is mostly what I listen to every day. And, geez, Sky, I, I, I gotta know, is there a website that someone can go on if they wanted to start their own podcast? There is, and that website is specifically called Anchor.fm. And boy, do I love Anchor because I listen to podcasts all the time. If I'm If I am doing nothing... And I'm not listening to a podcast. I feel more lost than a sheep in the wilderness without its group to be listening to podcasts with. Because, oh my goodness, Anchor.fm does everything that you need for a podcast. It'll let you record your podcast. It'll let you distribute your podcasts. And it will give you sponsors if you want to. So, I, why are you not using Anchor? I don't know, because some people are not aware of the website. What is that website again? Anchor.fm. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Uh, and yes, don't forget that it is 100% free. Who doesn't that love free stuff? Free. I love free stuff. That is... Do you love free stuff? I fucking love when shit is free, because that shit hits differently. So sign up to Anchor.fm and put out your podcast. And we would like to thank Anchor, Coffee, and Patreon for supporting Talkin. What a bunch of cool lads those are. Come on, man. Use them all. We love them. And yes, again, thank you to Mello and James for supporting us on Patreon. And thank you to the fine chaps over at the Weebology Podcast for supporting us on Coffee. And And with that, I think we're ready to go back to the show. What do you think? We, we forgot the most important thing about supporting us. What did we forget? So, if you support Talking Anime on Coffee and Patreon, just know that your money goes to good causes, like equipment upgrades. 
You see, huh? I I have a problem with my mic because I bought a cheap ass mic, and I upgraded finally. Thank you for the people supporting our show because they supported our show. Uh, and then I love all of you. I love you too. But the more important thing is that the other half of the money that we use goes to a charity. Because here at Talking Anime, we're all about supporting the world in more than one way besides bringing you guys primo content every Thursday at all the platforms. And there's also a YouTube channel, too, if you really want. And our shit comes on Fridays. And that is uh, all I have to say about that. And that's a lot of clapping. (laughs) That is a lot of clapping. It is family-friendly content. (laughs) Except for the couple sw- uh, swir- uh, curse words we say. But it is fan-fucking-tastic. So thank you for everyone to listen to this. Let's get back to the show! <laughs> we have some questions that we are going to discuss. Now this first one... Um, Mellow, as a, as a manga reader, might have a bit of an understanding of what exactly this question is talking about. Uh, or maybe you did, Mitch, because you watched a lot more recently than I did. But uh, this first question is from a rookie, and it says, Who do you see yourself as in that situation? And if you were in that situation, would you be the first to break the same way Emma is? And I'm a little confused, because she didn't, to my knowledge, she didn't break necessarily she stayed quite strong throughout the whole first season so uh i'm, I'm gonna let you guys take this one because i i don't think i can answer this question as it yeah, is being um, asked because i don't understand yeah i think he meant like uh um breaking as in like maybe taking action like um like ray for example didn't do anything for a long time like he broke but like but then like Emma took action right away while Ray was like planning for I don't know it's hard to explain yeah the, I'm I'm confused by this question what do you think Mitch ah jeez yeah I don't I don't remember Emma like really like breaking I think maybe like breaking in the sense of motivation to get out um, because if anything, real... she was stronger than both Ray and Norman. That's the thing because the I, whole yeah. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my wife about this, and I could see parallels with the three main characters to like a Naruto, for example, because you have Norman, who's the brainiac and not really strong, not really, not really the, not athletic. Well, no, sorry, Norman's the more athletic of him and Ray, I believe. Mm, no, Norman is not athletic. He is uh, Emma is smart. The most oh athletic. yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, so Norman Emma... is just good at stuff like hide and seek because he can outsmart everybody and predict their movements. But uh, he in in like a straight up race, I'm pretty sure both Ray and Emma would beat him every time. <laughs> yeah, because Emma yeah. very much gave me a like a Naruto. Naruto feel of the group like the one who's mm-hmm. like always chipper and then when shit gets serious they can get serious right away and then Ray definitely gives off like Sasuke vibes like super edgelord 
vibes. Uh, he's not like the Sasuke type of edge lord. Uh, he's more of the subtle edge lord. Yeah, true. He he is he is actually very subtle when it comes to. I, I'm like I'm just trying to remember like each character because I was like falling asleep like half of the episodes and I had to re- rewatch everything again. Uh, so yeah, fuck. Honestly, I think if anyone, I would probably be Norman in that situation. But even Norman, like Norman, was the one who, when when everything wasn't working out, he was the one who basically gave up, and I think maybe that would be the situation that would I would be in, you know? It's like, everything's falling apart, it's just, you know, pack it in, you know? Oh, I by the way, will... there will be there will be intense spoilers for season one. Uh, we won't go past that, <laughs> but we will be spoiling pretty much everything of season one during yeah. this discussion. Fair warning. We'll try to keep the most intense spoilers until uh, a little bit near the end, though. Yeah. So, uh, Mello, who would you be in this situation? I think I would be Ray because I would be like um, kind of fearful and like um, and like uh, and the kind of like narrow-minded about like how uh, how we can get out of the situation. Yeah, I, th- I found I found Ray to be actually a very out of the three. I found him to be the most interesting character, just because he was planning all this shit before everything started going down. So it was, it's, he was really, he was also really just, I found him more fascinating than Norman and Emma. But I mean, that's like my personal opinion. So sky, who'd you be? That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really have an answer for this question. That's, I don't know because like everyone is different and I I can't really fit myself specifically onto any of them. Mm. I'm so I'm going to I'm going to chicken out of this question. I don't know. <laughs> Sky with his wholesomeness would probably be like Phil. <laughs> yeah, Sky would be the Phil, Phil of uh, the Phil. Yeah, I would, <laughs> yes, I would be Phil. So <laughs> or what's... or or Elizabeth. Eh, yeah, maybe. So <laughs> No, I'm just uh, kidding. What's our next question? Okay, the second question. We're gonna save mine for for the end. Uh, the next question comes from uh, not so Mike guy. He has two. Um, and uh, Mitch, you're gonna be the only one to answer this question <laughs> because. <laughs> okay, so this question it says, "Do you think there's a society outside of these farms, or is everything being overrun by these monsters now?" Oh. Mello has read the manga, and I've seen the first episode of season two, so uh, neither of us can answer this question. So you're going to have to do the speculating on this one. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, so this is actually super funny. Me and my wife actually discussed this when we were watching the episode, because the thing is, when me and my wife watch anime, we actually had like full-blown discussions about this. I keep telling her we need to do a fucking podcast, but she's like, no, I don't want to do a podcast. And I'm like, ugh. So, we were talking about, is the world, is there humans that are being controlled by the the creatures in the show? Of course, we're trying not to do spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. So, creatures. Or is it just a world full of the creatures, and we're seeing these people, like, being basically 
cattle. Like, that's... Spoilers, sadly. Um, the kids are being, like, basically raised to be cattle for these creatures. And I, I do think because we have seen adults... Uh, from like other areas that I think it's probably like a mix of the two but it's more leaning towards maybe it's the creatures are the ones that are basically running everything and humans are basically just below them so I, I think it's a mix of there is a society of humans but it's very much like slave slavery essentially is what I think and I mean, that's just how I see it going as of what I've seen from season one. Um, I'm hope I can't wait to watch season two to see if I'm right or if I'm wrong. So. Okay, there you go. And uh, before we move on to my guy's second question, um, final spo- uh, spoiler warning. Uh, this this question will require us to just get straight into the spoilers of the creatures as we were talking about it and so uh, if you haven't seen it uh stop this episode go watch the promised neverland season or, one and then or, come back here or just hit skip until you hear us not talk about this <laughs> yeah so um uh, so the next question from not so my guy is would you rather get eaten by these demons or by titans from attack on titan uh, this is an easy one this would be an easy one. I honestly think I would rather be killed by the monsters in this, and Promised Neverland than the Titans. Because yeah, I'm same. I'm with you on this one. So let me explain why. I'm not sure. I think Mello has also uh, seen or read Attack on Titan, but uh, in uh-huh. Attack on Titan, <laughs> the deaths are very brutal. Um, oh yeah, they are. Because yes, because yes, you you it's not like most of the time you're not just getting swallowed whole, and even then you're going in alive. Like you're never killed and then eaten by these things. You're always getting eaten alive. So they usually bite you in half or take off your arm and then go to bite you. And seeing that horrifying face of a big grin as you're getting eaten in half and suffering while most likely all of your friends are also getting eaten around you just hearing constant (laughs) screams that sounds like one of the most brutal and horrifying ways to go out whereas in the promised neverland it's it seems to be a very more or less a peaceful death because they stick that thing that stinking white white flower in you and it just sucks the sucks the life out of you and then you're eaten so pretty much all you have to do is suffer for maybe a max of like six seconds and then you're just out so i i think honestly the the way to go is not by titan death that's absolutely horrible so what do you guys think so the question i have to ask for this so this will be my question to add would you rather be eaten by one of the regular skinned titans who look creepy as fuck or would you want to be eaten by like the exposed inside version of the titan because I'm pretty sure there's, like, one where it's just all, like, the muscle and shit is showing. Oh, yeah, because you don't know anything about Attack on Titan, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about it. That's... I... I it's going to be one of those things that I think it's going to be have to be forced on me to actually sit and watch it. Yeah, well... Without spoiling anything for Attack on Titan, um, I, I don't really want to answer this question, but I... Mello, what do you think? This is his question is so hard to answer, is it not? Yeah, 
Um, I'll have to go with the... I don't think it really makes a difference who you're getting eaten by. But I'm gonna go with the... Um, I'm gonna go with the Muscle Titans because, um... No way, the Colossal, really? <sighs> it's so weird. Yeah, because, um, because the Skin Titans, like, uh... So this is not really a spoiler, but, like, they have, like, the gooey, like, uh, weird, shitty liquid inside of their bellies. And I'm assuming that the Colossal has, like, less of that, so... Yeah, no. and also a thing about the regular Titans is um, they don't have a digestive system. Uh, t- as Titans eat people, their corpses just are like basically just maintained inside of inside of the Titans' bodies. And whenever the Titans get like eat that like get full inside of them because they nothing will break down. Whenever their stomachs fill up the Titans just barf up just this big ball of the corpses that have amassed inside of them, and it's quite disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, probably the Colossal Titan also, because the Colossal Titan is absolutely massive, so I can't imagine that being as horrible, as horrible a, a death as one of the, like, three-meter Titans. Yeah. So, uh, what was... Uh... Did anyone? Uh, did everyone answer uh, their thoughts on uh, that one question before we went on a tangent about uh, the Titans? I think so. Would you rather get eaten by the demons or Titans? I'm pretty sure we all agree demon death is a lot demons. better than Titan death. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, the demon thing would probably be a lot more peaceful. Yeah. And, uh, so they also sure. have like kind of like traditions when killing you. So mm. with the flowers. Yeah. And I mean, it, at least it leaves, like, a beautiful, like, flower after yeah. everything is set and done instead of a big old mess on, on the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like your life uh, was um, kind of kind of made into another life mm. when the flower kind of, like, blooms. Oh, yes, very symbolic. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and for the final question, it is from none other than Sky Kazakame. It's from me. Oh, wow. What are the odds of that? Okay, Jeez, so. The number one simp in the anime bros simp brask or bracket? No. I hope so. Okay, so <laughs> my, the question from me is if you were a girl in the world of the Promised Neverland, would you choose to die or become a mother when asked? Uh, Mela, do you want to start off with that one? Uh, like, you know, like, uh, I'm gonna go from the perspective of Emma. Like, I would just straight up do what Norman says. <laughs> Norman's, <laughs> Explain. Norman is just the smexiest man, like, alive, bro. Like, I just do it, like, uh, I'm like, what Norman says, you know. So there, there's a couple ways to go about this. So, so uh, for uh, for anyone who decided that they just wanted to hear all the spoilers and haven't act- actually seen the show, um, <laughs> whenever uh, a girl is to the age of being uh, shipped off, killed, and eaten, 
they get the choice to, well, most of the time at the age of 12, they get the choice to either go ahead and die and be eaten, or they can become a mother, and that is to be trained and eventually have a child and then go off to their own um, cattle farm, basically, and they will be the ones who take charge of raising or assisting in raising the children to live the life that they lived of growing up and getting shipped off. So, the I'd say, arguably, the coward's way out is to choose to die, but also, you would... You're pay. You're basically as a mother forced to just raise these kids as your own and just send them to their death <laughs> when it, whenever whenever it's the right time. The only reason I can see it being a good idea to become a mother is, is if you're gonna help the kids. Is if you're gonna help them because you're gonna die if you just be if you just choose death. But if you become a mother, you can sacrifice yourself by helping a group of kids escape from the death that they will be faced, and that is 100% sacrificing yourself. So, I would... I don't know if I would have the balls to go through with it, but I think if you have the motivation slash passion to go through with living a longer life and seeing some of these kids that you raise go like be sent off and killed just in the hopes that you will be able to help a group of them escape knowing you're going to die I think I would probably have to go with becoming a mother yeah yeah like might as well might as well like um go out saving like 20 30 kids than just going out than just dying <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I'm I, I firmly believe that doing the mother thing would be actually a pretty um it's pretty interesting because we find out again, spoilers, if you're listening to this, and we're gonna probably mention this a lot more in the when we go into like the full blown discussion about it, but we find out from Sister Crow that it's the girls who show the most potential to be mothers. Like they get the highest scores, they're athletically gifted stuff like that is you know it puts you into the potentialness of being recruited as a mother so in that world i would probably go yeah be a mother too because in the end you could essentially tear down the system from the inside in a weird way you know like you could be training these kids to attempt to escape and depending yeah. on what the the world is outside of the wall, then you know they're gonna be either way. They could possibly be in danger, even if they're being traded off or if they try and escape. So, I think being a mother honestly would be the better choice of the two because I don't want to die when I'm young. I want to die when I'm old. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to die anyways, so I think it's it's better to go out doing something you can be proud of than just assigning yourself to your fate. Uh-huh. So, with that being said, I think it is time for us to actually go into a full-blown discussion about the promised Neverland. So, everybody... 
best worst characters? Who is the best character? Who is the worst character? The best character is Phil. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, true. Phil is best. <laughs> Phil is best boy. Promise Neverland has a lot of good characters. That's the um, thing, like. Yeah, because I found that too. Like the show is very much a lot of like really good characters, and then your bad characters are your bad characters. I don't like what's his face. I'm probably in the minority. (laughs) What's that? You know, he's he's part of the the group of five. He's the tall tall one. What's his name? Uh, Uh, Shit. (laughs) None of us can remember him. (laughs) Shows how great of a character he was. Oh, Dave. Dave. Is it Dave? It started with a no, D. Hold on, let Dave. me let me pull up the, the names yeah. here. There's no way it's Dave. What? <laughs> uh, I remember uh, because um because him and the other girl are like a pretty good duo. Ah, uh, Don. Uh, Don. Don. Yeah, I don't like him. More in the manga, but okay, Don. <laughs> I don't hate him. But of the of the characters that have the most important roles, Ray, Norman, Emma, Gilda, and Don, he's my least favorite. I I even like Anna and Connie more than Don. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I think best character is probably Emma because I mean I disagree. Emma is the stereotypical uh, shonen protagonist. That I, is I, why honestly, she she's is my least she's character. my least favorite of the three. Yeah, same. Oh jeez, well then I guess I'm in the minority. I I'm I'm part of that <laughs> minority where I'm like Team Emma all the way. I yeah, I really don't think a lot of people are probably on that opinion just because you know, because she's she's very much the stereotypical shonen protagonist. She has that shonen mindset. Even though she's uh like a girl who's like I don't know, 11, 12 years old, she's very much like Deku and Pretty much Deku. She's literally just Deku from My Hero Academia. She's <laughs> the, Deku. I must, I must save everybody. I don't care what the odds are. I will do everything, whatever it takes. She's she's like that um, prof- the professor from the Powerpuff Girls uh, meme where it's like uh, <laughs> he's adding in a little bit of Deku, a little bit of Naruto, a little bit of another shonen protagonist, and it just explodes and Emma comes out of it. Yeah. Emma's the the Powerpuff Girls of that uh, and of uh, the anime. But yeah, honestly, of the three, Emma is my least favorite out of Ray and Nor- and I really have a hard time uh, picking between Ray and Norman mm. as my favorite. <sighs> I love them both so much. I think okay. it's got to be Norman. <sighs> I mean, yeah, Norman is. Probably gonna go with Norman as well for my favorite. Um, yeah, Norman. All right, so uh, worst characters. Um, uh, for worst character, we have to. I I think exclude the the characters that just don't really do anything. <laughs> like a lot oh. of the kids can't be can't be picked. No. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't gonna say Connie. No. no okay. Actually, you can pick Connie because Connie has enough of a supporting role that you can choose. That I would. That I would say you can choose her. But I, I like Connie. Um, though that has to do with, uh, the fact that she's so close to so so close with Phil, and I really think Phil is letting on 
letting on more than it knows more than he's letting on. I, I so think I think second. that too because um, wait it's, a second. It's... Oh, go ahead. Isn't Connie the dead one, the one who died in episode one? Yeah, Connie was the one who was like that's how like Norman and Emma found out because. I mean, spoiler alert. I mean, we're already to the point where spoilers are going to be involved. Um, they find out what happens because they were trying to return uh, Mr. Bunny to uh, Connie while she was leaving. And mm-hmm. they found her. So she was the first one to die that set the entire show into motion. So. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't have much of a role, but at the same time i don't know i i don't i don't think she's the worst i mean she was very much a plot device but at the same time it's sad it's sad to see her go no no it really isn't no it is uh see i've actually seen <laughs> the uh, so so i watched the first episode back when it was airing and then i dropped it and then i uh rewatched it restarted it and watched it all the way through and n- because i'd already known the spoiler at the beginning when i saw it for the second time it it's sad. It it kind of hits, dude. <laughs> it does. It hits different. It just it hits different. Yeah, I guess a little bit, but like it hits um, depressing. As and but then I guess the only reason that she's my least favorite is that people are always like she's my favorite character, and that kind of makes what? Me no way. Her. People don't say that. That's stupid. I I can't say yeah, that. Con- yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. I've like. Um, I've like heard a few people who say that literally. I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> who do you talk to? What? I I don't I don't uh. get why. That's like when someone says, "Oh yeah, one of my favorite characters in, uh, like X show is this character who literally had like five minutes of screen time." You know, you know it's like exactly what exactly. How can you say that that character That's is exactly your favorite when there's no character development? They literally have the screen time of the Joker in the Suicide Squad movie. And it's like, how, how can you be a fan of a character if the character literally is around for five minutes and then gone? You know? Yeah. Like, like I, I don't know. I just, I'm more of the guy who likes, I'm a side character guy or I'm, you know, the main character fan of. It. I'm never the... Oh yeah, I like that one guy who showed up and started talking to X person for two minutes, then they disappeared for the rest of the show. It's like, why is that like your go-to character? You know, exactly. It's, it seems like that's just the troll comment. That's like something that you would hear on like uh, the uh, the anime summit, and that'd be like a Nick response. Is that yeah? My favorite character is the character who literally showed up for five seconds in the show, and it's like because their character went nowhere. Uh, I'm with I, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Nick uh, on something specifically though. Uh, the best character in Maiden Abyss is Wedding Dress Mitty. I will I will die on this hill. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think my worst character I think is <laughs> I, I'm I gotta say Dawn just because I didn't I'm gonna like... say Dawn. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm going with Dawn. Dawn is. I, uh... I just don't like the character. I, I don't know I don't what like it is. Him. It's just I don't like him. He's basically useless. You know. Also, funny thing, he's one of like the only the the only characters in like the whole show that has a male voice actor. I'm looking yeah, at it. I know. I'm right? looking at it on my anime. It's literally just females all the way down, and yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah. No, because all the females play like the younger kids because they can do the voices. You know. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, there's just Dawn. <laughs> um, Sky. Um, so you know Coffee, right? That's her favorite character, Connie. No way, Coffee from the Discord. I'm gonna have to hit her up and be like, "What? Why? Why?" <laughs> so dumb. You just, Has she you only just seen to... episode one? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. My favorite character is Connie. I only watched episode one, and I'm like, I have seen enough. My favorite character died, I was done with the show. <laughs> I mean, if you only watched episode one, I can let I can let it pass just because that's the whole thing that you experienced. So it's yeah, not like if that watch, role was super minor. You watch what all? What was it? Twelve episodes or something like that was the first season. Yeah, I think it was like mm-hmm. twelve episodes. I think it was thirteen. Uh, hold on, I am actually on the Wikipedia page. For no, it's right twelve. Now. Yeah, you were right. It's twelve. Yeah, so it's like. You know, I watched all 12 episodes, and it's like, my favorite character is still Connie. And it's like, why? <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> all right, so Thanks. I think we should we should probably get into the thicket of this. So, um, guys, what is, were some of your favorite moments in the show? Okay. Um, I mean, we're already almost an hour in, so I think it's uh, fair enough to talk about the ending. What do you guys think? Yeah. I, I had to rewatch the ending. I kind of fell asleep watching it. Oh my! Okay, so here's what I want to talk about, right? So, um, my final score that I gave it, Promise Neverland, is an eight out of ten. Now, first to nine episodes, I so I'm gonna just how I describe the, the the show as a whole is that the first nine episodes of Promise Neverland are the perfect build up for the perfect payoff because I don't think that the first nine episodes are all that special they had some great moments overall but as a whole the first nine episodes were nothing too incredibly special but the last three episodes are a masterpiece in my opinion episodes 10, 11, and 12 are a masterpiece. The way that it just brings everything that was built up from episodes one through nine and just one by one pays off little bits through the th- last three episodes and then hits you at the very end with the such the powerful, uh, I think it's like the last half of uh, episode 12 of them escaping finally is so powerful. And the very end, the sucker punch with Isabella right at the end just cherry on top I think the last three episodes are phenomenal and that overall does raise my opinion of the episodes one through nine but again perfect build up for the perfect payoff yeah so Sky if you want if you want to talk about the last episode uh, you can because I am probably going to watch it as soon as I'm done record or we're done recording everything today so you still haven't wait (laughs) wait a minute okay so do you know how it ends I know they escape. I know that because I've listened to enough reviews about this show that I know that they escape in the end. I know that. I just don't know what happens to uh, Isabel. And I'm assuming it's probably something like it's heart wrenching because I'm pretty sure I woke up and didn't she just flat out say that she was like they were her favorites and she was trying to help them out in the end or something like that. So it's really powerful at the very end because. Even though Isabella, she does everything she possibly can 
to stop them because she's fearing for her life and she doesn't want to lose what she has that is keeping her alive. So she does everything she can to stop them from escaping. But at the very end, when they succeed, she's happy. She is glad that they are were able to escape her with her doing everything she can to stop them because she wants them to be happy. So she does care for them even though she is raising them to be basically eaten. So it's really powerful at the very end because Emma is the last one to escape. That that whole the whole sequence of them escaping is really it's so intense and I absolutely love it. But seeing but Emma is the very last one to escape and uh, Isabella or Isabella whatever her name is, she runs up and right before Emma goes as the last one, Isabel comes and is right there, sees her and she's like begging Emma like please don't go. Please do not leave. I need at least you. And and Emma's just like, I, I'm sorry. And she, she goes. She succeeds. And at the very end, Isabella is like, go. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you guys escaped. Be free. It's so powerful, and I love it. Yeah, I know. I was just, I was just so blown away on how, how crisp like, the animation was. On how they went from being oh, like yeah. the 2D animation, and then there'd be certain moments where it'd be like 3D in like the backgrounds, or like the camera angles are shot where it's like uh, they're having the meeting in the library, I think it is, and you're just watching the camera go back and forth between everyone, kind of like it's on the clock, and it cuts to the clock being in the background. So, I, I the whole the thing as a whole, I loved the animation style was fucking fantastic like it was a perfect and a perfectly animated anime because there wasn't any of those like really ugly moments where it's like a lot of animes where someone does like a jump or something and it just gets really nasty for a second like this show the animation alone sold me on it just because of how fucking beautiful it was like i would compare it to a demon slayer on a show that was the animation was like the best part to it. And the story was just so, so good too. Like there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't many plot holes if there was, but it wasn't, it wasn't like us talking about watching a show like overlord, for example, where you have your animation to it, that 2d animation is like really nice, but the minute they go 3d, it's like, ugh. That yeah. that three that some of the <laughs> ugliest CG in the, the CGI. I always find animes that do the two D and CGI are the thing that kills me on a show. Like that is the thing okay. that will steer me away from an anime. But this show fucking did it so well. And so in the Promised Neverland, um, the CG is n- it, it's really you notice it. It, it is noticeable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not with you. Like it's it's no ufotable anime. It, Cloverworks did a fantastic job, but the reason why the CG doesn't pull you out of it is because it's used perfectly in tandem with the um, with the directing. The directing style of the, of how they direct the shots is used. It, like, it uses the CG to cause a sense of uneasiness. One of my favorite, one of my favorite scenes from The Promised Neverland is a, it's, it's a long scene. And maybe it's not as long as I feel it is, but it's done so well. It's the scene after Norman 
finds out that he is going to die. Um, there's a scene when he's when he excuses himself. He's he's trying to stay so composed when he's around Emma, and he's just like, "Excuse me, I'm gonna go get some water." So he walks out of the room, and there's this long scene of him. It's focused entirely on his back. And this scene is just there's like nothing. There's nothing but the sound effects of his feet stepping and the CG room around him as he slowly walks through the house and goes to get water from the water fountain. And that scene builds so much tension. And you you know the reason why it's like this is because that's exactly how Norman is feeling about knowing that he's going to die, but he has to find a way to make it so that the others won't. It's such a well-directed scene, and the way that the CG room around him is just slowly just, like, kind of, like, morphs behind him as he walks, it's so intense, and I absolutely love it. Honestly, that's, like, probably my Same. favorite scene in the entire show, just because of how much the animation is just so, you know, it's that, uh, the chef's kiss, you know, it's just, it's that perfect, there's, <laughs> all you get is the the foots, or the sound of his uh, feet on the floor, and then just the camera moving, and then the CGI room is just going in perfect, like, tangent with him moving. That just, was just, oh, just, mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, the animation is really, really good, especially some of, like, the, um, the POV shots are done like especially well. Oh, I loved like a lot of those POV shots were amazing, especially when they were um, talking in the forest. And it's like the camera was cutting between all three of them, but yeah. it looks like they were in the bush the entire time. And I'm sitting there with my wife, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'm watching that, and I'm like, "Oh, someone's gonna come out of the bushes," just because <laughs> that's how like it felt. And I'm just like, and "Oh, so, it's so good!" I know, fucking crazy psycho bitch who talks to a fucking doll. Can, yeah, can, can we talk about Sister, Sister Crone for a second? Like, <sighs> holy fucking crap, is she just the ugliest looking character on this show? And she has such a fucking... Her her motives alone just, like... You know, she's a psycho. Ugh, you know, she's... She wants to get rid of Isabella so she can become the mother of this farm because this farm is supposedly, like, the farm that produces, like, the best children for the demons to eat. And it's just, like, oh, man. Her just, whenever she's in a room by herself, she's, like, stomping around and screaming and talking to the fucking doll that she's got with her. It's just, ah, uh, she was such a just, and then, oh, the face. She'd, like, smile and stuff and it just went really fucking creepy. <laughs> Ugh. just super uneasy the entire time she was on every time she was on screen i just like no get her away like kill it kill it with fire yeah she's crazy um <laughs> i think she was executed very well as a crazy person most of the anime executed does... <laughs> yeah, she, she was executed. executed her execution <laughs> like her death was like super crazy with like the mix of the flashbacks of her becoming essentially a mother and then just seeing that, oh, you get the scar on your chest, you get like a taser put on your heart. So, you know, if you fuck up, your heart's gone. If you die, your heart gets just... Uh, it's just... Uh, her character, like, 
she was perfect because she didn't overstay her welcome and the story for like the what four episodes roughly she was on the show or in the show when she was there she was the perfect centerpiece of the episodes where they heavily focused on her but then the episodes where she was in the background it was you know kind of nice because she wasn't because a lot of anime you know when you got stuff going in the background those characters are usually like doing something that pulls your attention away from like what's going on in the foreground with the main characters and stuff so like when you see her playing with the kids it's like oh that's like super wholesome and nice and then you realize that she's a psychotic fucking psychopath and you're like uh-huh. eh, you know but yeah i know like she, her her character was perfect her character arc essentially was perfect really she didn't overstay her welcome and she fit her role perfectly she did her purpose because again she's just another catalyst in the story to push everything forward yeah, uh, yeah, and the horror was done really well in the anime too. Like, um, especially with her, oh, like yeah, the horror just... was done amazingly for an anime. Mm. Yeah, no, for for something that was labeled as a dark fantasy, when the moments where it gets dark, it's executed fucking great compared yeah. to like, a... okay, so Death Note. I found Death Note when they were doing like the super serious dark moments it wasn't as compelling as for example when sister crone is being like stalked by this demon that's about to kill her like there was like mm-hmm. some serious tension there and it got to the point that i started almost rooting for her to actually kill the demon because i'm like well if these <laughs> demons can be killed it gives you know us a, ch- a hope that you know emma norman and uh ray actually can stand a chance against these demons but then she dies in the end anyways and yeah it is what it is mm-hmm. but no I, I definitely think she was she fit her purpose perfectly well so what do you guys think of Isabel being like the antagonist for most of the show if not the entire first season I um I think that was a pretty good decision from the mangaka or like um uh, or the studio uh, because mm-hmm. if they just straight up just said that there was these uh, uh because the demons are like a higher antagonist then it mm-hmm. kind of um I don't know it's hard to explain but they did it really well how the demons weren't straight up just the main antagonist because that would have been like a bit too much for the children. Yeah, no, I, I, I very and much... And it also made it feel kind of uh, human, that there's like a human antagonist there that they have to get through in order to get to the demons. Mm. You know, it very much like... It, it was It was nice seeing that she was like their big obstacle for escaping compared to the demons because... The yeah. demons, when the demons are introduced and they're used, they're used at pivotal points in the show. They're not like overly used um, as like, yeah, exactly. a quote unquote antagonist compared to Isabel, who's there all the time, but she's not like the supernatural object stopping them. She's the, okay, there's a way we can defeat her. It's just going to take a lot of time to actually try and beat her. 
Yeah. It's a really well done way of really having tension in all areas of it because uh, regarding the demons with only with never even really truly showing them like fully only showing parts of them and not showing them very often it builds tension whenever they're on screen because we don't see them very much and we don't know what they're like or what they're capable of whenever they're on screen Mm. it's really horrifying like you're like I don't know what's gonna happen and with and with Isabel um, because she is there all the time and we know she's always watching and she has so much influence and power over these children it's 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 really it's she's done very very well as as an antagonist and also she's like the perfect foil against Emma because she's very much like Emma but only if Emma grew up and actually gave up her dream of saving people so she's the perfect foil against the main character so the tension is done phenomenally with both the demons and Isabel and especially <coughs> especially Sister Krog <coughs> sorry yeah no I, 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 I think she is perfect as the antagonist to the first season because this is a small taste of what they're going to be dealing with now that they escaped. And now the next question is, are we going to be seeing the demons more often? Or is it going to be like the the mother's operation? Are they going to go hunting for them in the next season? You know, because they're like, they're like the prime beef, quote unquote, for the the great one. So it's, it's interesting to see where the enemy is going to lie in season two. If it's going to yeah. be humans or if it's going to be demons. And then it's going to be interesting to see how Emma, Norman, and Ray are going to fight fight the demons if the demons become the main protagonist. So, there, it's, it's one of those shows that I'm really excited to see what season two is going to bring. Just because I just want to see who the new foil is going to be now that they're free from everything. Ooh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty hyped for season two, uh, because the manga was done, like, amazingly well, uh, but then the anime is, uh, is gonna go solo. It's not really gonna follow the manga, so I'm kind of scared, but also excited about, uh, how things are gonna play out. Yeah, and I, I heard too that this like the second season is supposed to be like the last season. From yeah, I, I believe I was kind one of, of iffy about that. I, I believe one of the podcasts mentioned that it was supposed to be the last season. So it's like, I kind of hope it doesn't, because I know how we. Well, I mean, as anime fans, we know what it's like when a studio kind of deviates from the source material, and they start. Oh well. They're going to make something original. That's how we get something like Dragon Ball GT. You know, we, we get that fucking skid mark of an anime on uh, uh, the the history of anime. So I, I have hopes that season two is hopefully going to be just as good, if not hopefully better than season one, because, you know, season one got so much fucking hype. Everyone was like, oh, this is anime of the year. This is anime of the year. And out of what, 2019, what was like this 
hold on, let me hop on now and let's see what like the most popular anime of 2019 was. Probably Great Pretender. Probably. Cause I know That's everyone... the one that I've heard the most about. Honestly, the ones up there would be Great Pretender and um, ReZero Season 2. I mean, yeah, ReZero... Well, I think it's... What, wasn't it like... Part 1 was... Yeah, it was only it was only Part 1. Now, those... <laughs> I think I've made it clear my opinion on Great Pretender. So, those are not my picks for the best anime, but... Yeah, Great uh, Pretender overall, I think those are widely... <laughs> Be careful with that. You're, you're going to have to fight back. You know what might be actually the number one anime from 2019? I think it would have been Demon Slayer. Because I'm pretty sure... Oh, no. Mob Psycho 102. Season 2 was like the most number one anime of 2019 from this list. Are you talking about 2019? Yeah. 2019 was pretty stacked, not going to lie. Yeah, it was actually pretty fucking stacked. That was... Like you had made in a or the movie or the films alone, there was like a shit ton of great movies. But okay, so you had... yeah uh, in two thousand two thousand nineteen had my favorite movie of all time, Weathering with You, come out. Yeah, you had like re uh, zero started. Oh yeah, so it's like season two happened. Yeah, I mean. Out of, like, everything out of 2019, like, the stuff that I've seen, you had, like, uh, uh, oh, Uramanga Sensei, that's probably the one that everyone was, like, super, or... No, Uramanga Sensei was 2017. Well, there was two episodes that dropped in 2019, I'm literally looking at the list. Uh, yeah, those are OVAs. Oh, the OVAs. Which I I also watched. (laughs) Well, that time I got reincarnated as a slime came out in uh, 2019. It had like five episodes. E- either way. Uh, it, it started, and uh, Rising of the Shield Hero also came yeah. out in 2019. Yeah, there, there was, there was, from what I've seen from 2019, there was some pretty fucking good anime out of 2019. So, I, th- I think the hype for this show was, was legit. Like, this was like a legit good show. Like... I would in the end I gave it like a nine out of ten, like it's not a perfect Ooh. anime, but it was really a I th- fucking that's too high for anime. me personally. I mean I gave it an eight, but I think which is weird. Like I'm really good at uh, at rating anime, like whenever I f- how I feel about it. But I think a nine for me personally, nine and eight are a lot farther apart than like an eight and a seven and a seven and a six. Yeah. Yeah. To jump to jump from an eight to a nine, it really takes a lot, as well as it does from a nine to a ten. Yeah, no, like I, it's like I said, I can't. I think it was in the Otaku Host Club Discord that I can't rate the show a ten simply because if we're rating the show a ten, then there's literally no point of watching any other animes because if we're gonna be like. This anime is a ten. You're gonna just be c- comparing it to The Promised Neverland season one, the entire time you're rating anime. So it's like when I rate an anime and I'm like, well, it's better than fucking Skelter Plus Heaven. It's better than Wonder Momo. You know, really, like, that's not at all how I do it. Whenever I rate an anime, I never rate it as a comparison. I always rate it just based yeah, on same. its own kind of based on my, its own um, merits. When I'm rating, I never want to compare like, it when, it, when I'm rating it. Mm. So I'm going. Go ahead, Mela. 
And so when I'm reading, kind of use like my instinct. Um, and it's kind of weird and funny because it goes down to like uh, to like the hundreds. So like a nine point seven one or something is how much I gave mm. like Promised Neverland, like the yeah, manga. Because when I when I start off a show, I usually start off with a six, because six is on Mal's rating that it's good or fine, and it, you have to literally blow me out of the water. For it to go to an eight or a nine, and that's what Promise Neverland <laughs> did for me. It blew me out of the water on the animation, the story, the characters. Like it hit all the really good points that make me really like anime. But I just don't know what it was missing to make it a fantastic fucking anime. And I, I don't know. Because... I think it's missing um, that extra bit of plot. Well, which you're hopefully gonna see in season two. Yeah, and, and I think I, a little bit. I maybe, think. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I think for me, what, why I only give it an eight is just because, like, I again, I wasn't really feeling it up for up from episode one through nine. Like, I almost, <laughs> I almost didn't finish it. I was so I was so close because I I binged it, um, episodes one through nine in like one sitting, and then I like went to sleep or something and then I spent like half a day not doing anything and then I was like ah I don't know if I really want to finish it because you know I wasn't really feeling it but I was like you know it's just an hour that it'll take and I went and I finished it and I was like so relieved that I actually went through and actually finished uh finished the show at the very end because it went up from like a five or six to an eight out of ten but the fact that I wasn't feeling it almost uh, almost enough that I almost dropped it uh, I had to dock points for it as much as I'd love to give the whole show a 10 out of 10 specifically because of the last three episodes it 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 didn't earn it yeah it's, yeah. it's like I, I it's like I said I don't know what the, the thing it's missing to make it a pure masterpiece like maybe if there was a little bit of action a little bit more action in it maybe oh. would have made it a 9.5 or an 8.5 or a 9.5, but I, I mean, like, action as in there was maybe a little bit of a fight between some of the characters and the demons. Like, if You're we such saw... a basic shonen bitch. I'm, if I it am, had I a am. fight in it, I would like it more. I, I am <laughs> a fucking full-blown shonen slut. I'm not gonna fucking deny it. I wear that fucking proud on my chest. I'm wearing a Superman t-shirt right now, and I should just say shonen slut. You're because... so ridiculous, though. Like, okay, I hear you, but I think that... <laughs> I don't think you should you should be like well because it doesn't have action it didn't it was it wasn't as high up as it could be if it did I think I think that you should just judge it based on the things that it does have and does do well <laughs> like I'm not I'm not gonna watch like a slice of life romance and be like well the f- the characters never got in a fist fight when they wanted to hold hands so I I, I have to dock points for it man. it's like they just, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> My God, Mitch, you, uh, you know what? You know what that? You know what Toradora was missing? Just a giant kaiju fight. That's all it needed. Was just Godzilla to fucking appear 
and fight Taiga. That's all Dude, that that Toradora already had, had a, a bunch of action. <laughs> Toradora Tor had way more action so, than most romances do, anyways. So like the Taiga's big fight, crazy. The big fight in Toradora. I love that scene because I saw that and I just sat straight up. I'm like, oh my god, this shit is going down. She's got her wooden sword in her hand. They're fucking bitches up time. And I'm watching it. I'm like, this is what makes the show better. Just that was some episode over, one. Over the t- no, that was like episode. Uh, that was episode one. Last... It was like no, near uh, the end. I think he's talking about the last episode where, uh, where, um, where she had that fight with the president. Yes, yes, that's the fight where she just busts into. The okay, room. well, I haven't seen Toradora in like four and a half years. <laughs> yeah, she like busts into the room. She's got her wooden sword in her hand that she carries around with her, and she's just like. <laughs> You broke his heart. I'm going to break your face. And they just get into this huge <laughs> fight. She gets pulled off by a bunch of fucking people. And it's just so over the top, like drama and just the animation of that show. Ah, God, it was so good. Amazing. And that's that's the thing that we had a little bit of a conflict, quote unquote, fight when Don goes and punches, you know, Norman and Ray in the face. And that's. That's really, I, I got a little excited for that, but I was hoping that it would be a little bit more of a fight just to whet my appetite enough for, hey, this had a fight in it. I'm interested. But like I said, I honestly think it'd just be if there was a little bit more story to it, could have maybe more world building, more lore might have made Mitch. it a little bit better. Mitch, I think, um, I think, uh, once season two is done, I think you're gonna rate it a ten. I I have a feeling that I have that might be the thing because uh, I'm like super excited to see season two. So we will. Yeah, like the uh, story goes crazy. Like everything uh, is connected. It's convoluted. It's just amazing. The thing that. Uh, but can... then I'm not sh- sure it's gonna be like that in the anime, but it was like that in the manga. Like, the thing that really can really sell me on an anime is the world building and the lore. So that's why I'm, like... Because when I came into, like, watching One Piece, and we've discussed this enough times, that I watched it when it was the four kids dub. And the problem is the four kids dub basically took out <laughs> a lot of the story, and it ruined the story for me. That's why I never watched it. Rewatching it now, the six episodes that I've seen of it really makes me want to watch more of it. So I think One Piece could be the show that'd be like, this could be a 9, 9.5. It could be literally bridging the gap to a 10 by the time I am close to getting to where it gets really fucking good. But the problem is I have 900 episodes to watch to get to those parts. (laughs) You know? It's worth it. I mean, I mean, probably I'm probably just take it at your own pace. Mm. Like just you know, but with all that being said, we're approaching an hour and a half. So I think yeah. We- so what are you guys' overall thoughts as a whole? I think we've basically touched on it, but um, Mello, I don't think you've mentioned your score for it yet. What do you give it? Just season one specifically. Um, just season one. I would give it an 8.2, but 
but uh, for the manga, the whole thing, I would give it like 9.8 or something. So it's definitely worth checking out the manga for sure. Yeah, 100%. That's interesting. Oh, before we go away, I gotta also talk about um, the manga that I'm currently reading. So, um, Gotcha Man, Gotcha Man, Gucci Man, one of our <laughs> Gucci Man, <laughs> one of the one of the fine uh, Gotcha people... Man, <laughs> Gotcha Man, uh, one of the fine people of our Discord. <laughs> um, I I posted in our talking manga section. Hey, I'm reading manga. I'm gonna start doing a review on the podcast. Uh, the working title right now is Mitch's Manga Minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it. I know that's like you just stole it from on. Mandy, dude. <laughs> I'm. That's the the scary part. That's why I'm saying I'm. It's a working title. I'm probably gonna change it. But here's the. I'm reading uh, the. Jeez, uh, what's the name of the manga? I gotta pull it up here for a second. So I am currently in the middle of reading, uh, the uh, Voyage Hotel. I'm like four chapters in, and uh, it's 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 an interesting manga. The uh, I posted a screenshot of like one of my favorite moments in the manga so far, and it's uh, it's basically like, hey, Chuck Norris <laughs> stayed at this, and it's like uh, in that bag with his name plaque is his teeth, and it's like Chuck Norris's teeth are unbreakable. So I chucked a little when I saw that chuckled. So. Um, chucked a little. I chucked a little on that, you know. Chuck Norris approved. Thumbs up. Um, but no. Um, so far it's actually a really good manga. The anim or the the writing style or the drawing style is a little, a little janky, but it's not the worst manga that I've seen. And I'm definitely gonna keep reading it. There is a total of sixty four chapters, I believe. Yeah, there's a total of. Uh, oh, sorry, 68 chapters of this manga. Is it ongoing or is it finished? Uh, I believe it is finished because I haven't seen anything else come out for it in the past couple days since I've been reading. Oh, it's ongoing. I'm looking at it now and it says it is currently ongoing. So the synopsis of this is a young man comes to uh, live on a small island in the South Seas and resides in a hotel that is far from ordinary which matches the guests and staff. And um, so far at me reading it, the four chapters, I'm going to give it probably at the moment. So at the moment, I'm finished. It's getting about a five out of ten. Um, the, the, really? That's surprising because you rate stuff surprisingly high. I'm, I am, <laughs> again, I'm, I'm the kind of person who's like a huge fan of like the medium in general. So... Normally, I give anime a six, and then when I'm finished it, I give it the final rating. And usually, it stays at a six or it goes up. It's very rare that I watch something and it goes down past a six. So, so. on your on your um, anime list, your average score is seven point five five. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a high average. Like, well, I, I always I also pick like good anime to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't watch shit anime until I'm like someone's Mitch. like, I, I watch good anime. I don't watch shit until someone's like, hey, let's do a spirit breaker about this anime called First Love Monster. You're going <laughs> to love it. Or the fact that we're trying to get Matt to come on to do a spirit breaker about that fucking cursed insect or uh, 
fucking pedo anime that he suggested we watch. <laughs> oh, that. Oh. So, oh, I so hope he gets to go to MotoGCon. <laughs> oh, that show so, is horrible. So as of right now, um, we are going to have um, Matt from Otaku Melancholy on next week. Um, talking about uh, four kids dub and its effect on anime. So we're going to be talking about all this. I'm going to bring it up to him in that episode. You know, if you're going to suggest we watch something, you better be ready to fucking come on and talk about it because if we're watching shitty anime, you're suffering with us. So that's, you know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, like I said, um, the hotel manga I'm reading... 5 out of 10 right now. Um, again, I'm only 4 chapters into it. Hopefully by next week I can give a little bit of an update and then do my rating for I'm this chunk of manga chapters are read. So this is what I think. But yeah. Thank you, Mello, for coming on and thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. We really do appreciate it so very much. And Honestly, it's a great podcast. So, you know, I thought I might Oh, well. thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And yes, Mello, if you are still willing to come on, we would love to have you come on for The Promise of Neverland Part 2 when we talk about Season 2. For sure. So, Mello, is there anywhere people can find you online, uh, Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Nah. <laughs> nah. All right. Well, I mean, you can find him in the Discord. Uh, yeah. Join the Discord, and that's where you can get in touch with Mello. He's <laughs> in there probably more than I am. Yeah. He He's usually posting at least in, in something. So, again, <laughs> thank you, Mello, for coming on to the show. Really appreciate you coming on. And with that said, ladies and germs, I have been Mitch. And I've been Sky. And this has been Talking Anime. We will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.